And welcome back, everyone, to the Innovation Wave podcast, where we're talking about the biggest news and trends in the life science ecosystem. And uh, my guest, or rather my co-host, as always, David Crean is with me. David, what's up today? Hey, how you doing, buddy? I'm good. Thank you. I can be your guest, too. But yeah. <laughs> I, I prefer today to be a co-host. I think we got an awesome guest in here today. So I'm, a, I'm pretty excited about it. Yeah, it's going to be fun. Our guest today is Artie Arianpour, the founder and CEO of Seekster. Artie, how are you today? So good to be here with you, Bob and David. Thank you for all you guys do and for the community. It's a pleasure. Awesome. Welcome to the, the big show. You know you've made it when you've made it onto the uh, the podcast. <laughs> and not only that, when you're here in these amazing man cave with the view of Torrey Pines, it doesn't get better with the both of you guys. And Roberto is next door. Yeah, we're, we're doing the podcast, as always, from, from David's office here, which is about, I don't know, 20 yards from Roberto. So we're sharing Roberto's stores. Very good. Very good. So um, let's let's get started, right, get right into it. So healthcare systems worldwide face numerous challenges, right? Um, you know, whether that is access to care, affordability, rising costs. One of the areas which I'm really excited about that you're trying to tackle, uh, as well as you know, a number of other innovative companies trying to attack this problem is uh, siloed data across many disparate platforms. So take us through kind of the, the founding story of Seekster and what motivated you to tackle the problem of siloed healthcare data. And, yeah. and Artie, didn't this uh, start at JPM back in like 2016? Correct. Yeah. yeah. There's evening. a little bit of, you know, behind the scenes story too, but um, maybe I'll start with that. So I spent about 15, 16 years in clinical diagnostics and genomics, DNA sequencing you know, very lucky to grow up in San Diego since the 80s here. And um, obviously, genome sequencing was pretty much innovated in San Diego. We've been the mecca of genome sequencing from life technologies to Illumina to lots of different types of research tools that have hit on that. But I got into clinical diagnostics at a really early age in my late 20s and became an executive and grew a small company into something large. And we had a $1 billion exit to the Sovereign Fund of Japan and Konica Minolta. Mm -hmm. During that time, we fought a company called Marriott Genetics that was siloing all the breast cancer data. My mom is a breast cancer survivor of gosh, 20 something plus years now. But that motivated me to get involved in fighting for BRCA um, which was BRCA1, BRCA2 genetic testing. And so we were, um, I was one of the four people that was part of the SCOTUS decision in 2013 that prevailed. And during that time, we learned a lot about how data was being siloed in the healthcare system, but beyond that, in the clinical diagnostic labs as well. So, um, you know, Seekster was born because. I was a Napster user. And if you knew anything about data, <laughs> sorry, music sharing, I, you know, we all have playlists and things like that. And I would, you know, take music and put it on the Napster platform. And I named Seekster, S-E-Q-S-T-E-R, because DNA sequencing was my background and had, you know, some stars and scars and success there. And then the stir came from mixing all of the data from claims data to EMR data to your wearable data mm -hmm. to whatever data was out there. Now we're way ahead of 
you know, our time at that time. I was running around JP Morgan healthcare conference. Like you said, Bob, um, January 10th was when I actually founded Seekster and put the first dollars in myself because no VCs, no investors, no strategics were interested in investing because they thought, how can you make a business out of this? Yeah. And to be honest, David, we didn't know either. And you know, you work one year, two year, three year, four year at year seven. That's when things really exploded for us. Yeah. 2023, the year of the rabbit was our year, but 2024 <laughs> watch out. Awesome. Awesome. And so yeah, keep going. Dude. Bye -bye. Well, I just want to say, I think early on, I, I read a story that you actually had an interaction with, with Bill Gates about Seekster. Uh, not that. Was, was, he wrote in really the book, man. He yeah. wrote in his book. Right. Oh yeah. So um, yeah, some people know of this, some people don't. And the audience that's listening, I can definitely share a little bit about that now since the NDAs are over and all that good stuff. Um, it was 2018 when Dr. Eric Topol actually tweeted his experience of bringing four health systems, his Fitbit data, his 23andMe results, his MyFitnessPal, his nutrition data in less than 24 hours. And he said, step in the right direction. We had millions of people hit our website because we were direct to consumer at the time yeah. and it shut us down. And then one of the people that found out that, you know, my grandmother, both my grandmothers passed away due to Alzheimer's disease. And the reason why there's purple above the E is because one, my involvement within the Alzheimer's community, number one, Number two, the caregiver view that we created because of my grandma. And when we filed the first patents on a multi-generational health record of bringing her data, my mom's data and my data with the power of attorney together. And we did that with Paul Hastings and Wilson Sincini, yeah. um, who were investors in Seekster's seed rounds. Um, but Bill, his dad at the time suffered from Alzheimer's. His dad passed, I don't know, 17 months ago, 16 months ago or something like that. But at the time I didn't know that. So I get a call on a Saturday morning that he wants to meet. And so he flies me to one of his homes and I'm supposed to get 30 minutes. I walk in, he's still not there. He's giving a speech at Harvard. And then he comes in the room like an hour late and he's got a stack of papers this thick, like a book thick see a picture of myself and it was like, a, I don't know, CIA report on, on, on me and Seekster and what we were doing. And I was like, wait a minute, we haven't even gone public yet. Cause we were in stealth. I was trying to keep it in stealth. So many people were trying to steal the idea from me. And that's a whole nother story, another podcast. But, um, uh, we spent three and a half hours and he gave me the best advice. He said, Artie, you have something that's stronger and better than Microsoft health vault. We spent billions on that yeah. and it's trash. And the reason being is because it's self-reported data. What you just showed me, and that was Seekster like 1.2 version, which was still very powerful because Eric Topol was able to bring, you know, Cleveland Clinic, UCSD, and a bunch of data together in about 24 hours, which is super fast. Now we do it in 24 milliseconds across oh, the nation. That's awesome. Um, but Bill said, you got to take this enterprise. And I stopped for a second, I remember, and I was like, enterprise, what's that? Um, I'm, I'm all about consumer. I want to give, you know, ownership of data to consumers. He's like, no, you're thinking about it wrong. You're sitting on a gold mine. You don't even know what you're sitting on. Make this an operating system. And the next day, that's when the Seekster operating system was born. 
Awesome. Awesome. So what's, what are some of the most impactful use cases of, of your platform, this operating system in real world healthcare settings? Yeah. I mean, you know, San Diego is such an amazing, vibrant community. We have so many smart people here, the best institutions, you know, some of the best pharma companies here, the best life science companies, the best tools companies. I'm so, you know, grateful to have been able to get the attention of Takeda Pharmaceuticals to first invest in Seekster. That brought us to the life sciences community, the clinical trials and decentralized trials uh, community. We created an operating system, David and Bob, for patients to be connected to researchers via their consent of their data. And we were the first to do this. A lot of people try to do this and they failed. Some companies just went bankrupt because they were trying to copy us and they didn't have the real innovation that we had since 2016. And the reason being is because you can't copy Coca-Cola tomorrow and make Coke and sell it. The reason why Coca-Cola is so damn good and people buy it at the ballpark, people buy it at Vons, people buy it at Roberto's through the Coke machine is because it's Coca-Cola. I like the Mexican version myself. And you know what? (laughs) The Mexican version is so much better in the glass. I get Uh, it at Costco. Sometimes Costco has it. So good. It's so good. And you know what? I even like the Fanta one too. There you go. I'll cheat sometimes. My wife says, don't eat it, but you know, I'll, I'll, I'll have now I'm going over to Roberto's right after this. <laughs> We're going and getting the $12 burrito that I used to get for $1.95 in 1986. <laughs> right? So the use cases really for us have been around um, life sciences, but what's so interesting now after eight years of really treading water and taking bullets from, you know, so many different folks um, because Bill Gates actually invested indirectly in Seekster. And that's how we built the Seekster research portal because he donated to Boston University. And our first use case was with the traumatic brain injury and the Alzheimer's disease cohort study that was the ADC study. That's when we understood that if we can actually connect the dots of health data for Alzheimer's patients, and David, you understand this with all your involvement and your family's involvement that I'm so you know, grateful for and what Thank you've you. done for the, uh, the chapter here in San Diego and, and just the community. And, you know, I'm a donor and, and, and supporter of everything that you do. Thank you. So, um, you know, that hit me home because my grandma lives in the matrix, right? But now we have partnerships with Boeing or Ingelheim, with patients like me, with, you know, um, National Pancreas Foundation of the United States building the biggest registry for pancreatitis and pancreas cancers. We have two dozen customers that have um, subscribed and white labeled our service. Um, we're profitable, right? Um, I only raised $12 million. I put the first 2 million in myself. And I think we're the most underfunded, most successful company because I never had a business plan. I only had one mission to help my grandmother, to help my mom, to help my dad. The system saved my dad's life with colon cancer. We ran a tumor board in six hours with TGen and Dan Van Hoff. And my dad just turned 75 years old and, you know, um, he's cancer free. And it's because of Seekster and my team. It's because of the care coordination. I could tell you stories just all day long about not only my family, but strangers that have utilized Seekster the same way that Dr. Eric Topol did, the same way that you know Bill Gates saw a vision on what we had and we just went and executed on it. 
That's a simple cap table, dude. <laughs> <laughs> right. It's very simple. Yeah. Well, uh, I've heard you describe it as a, a one-click Netflix or, or Amazon for, for healthcare. Uh, what is the the main obstacle then? Like, what what are you up against right now? I love that you said that first, and not me, Bob. You've done your research. <laughs> I I owe you a carnesada burrito and a California burrito after this, and done. a cerveza and three rolled tacos on top. Of <laughs> All right, let's do it. Look, um, we just launched. Um, Seekster just launched One Click Records for healthcare and life sciences. So you're able to retrieve a patient's longitudinal health record in seconds to confirm study eligibility and query population cohorts via an admin portal that we built. That one-click records is exactly what it is. I believe that one day we will all have that Netflix, Amazon experience in healthcare. And I've been trying to pave that road since I founded Seekster. I founded Seekster for that purpose. And people that are way smarter than me, that are way wealthier than me told me, don't go down the consumer routes because you would have to raise $3 billion worth of marketing to let people know what it is. And this is why so many of these companies failed because they went and did that. And we pivoted to enterprise and then we found the business. But because we started with the patient first, Bob and David, that's the secret sauce. And I can tell you now, we started with the consumer, the patient experience first. And then we went and dealt with the providers. And now because of that and one-click records, we have an amazing partnership with a Fortune 5 company. Yep. We're the only company in digital health space that has a partnership with United Healthcare Group. That's and awesome. we have access to 91 million claims data that we're bringing in with all the silo data. We have access to 300 plus million patient records with one-click via the consent, we could bring any of your family members or yours or anyone's records together for a clinical trial, for that specific use case, for that decentralized trial that we've been doing for you know six out of the top 10 pharmaceutical companies right yeah, now. Yeah, so put yourself back pre-2016, looking back, what's the one thing you wish you had known before starting this, this journey? Yeah, you know, I, I was never a founder, as you know. Um, I had a really fast track career. I became an executive in life sciences in my mid twenties, yeah. right? Um, I was a dropout going to med school and, um, you know, I, I had some Persian DNA that helped me, I guess you could say. And that comes from just my ancestral background of just understanding business, right? My ancestors were merchants, traders, right? You'd have to trade on the Silk Road and somehow that's ingrained in my DNA. And um, I think if I had to look back, I trusted everybody. I was naive. I was a 36 year old naive person that made a little bit of coin and wanted to figure out what to do. And I trusted everyone. Um, I think you remember even you came to one of my Bernstein presentations and that's when we first met. And I had a lot of people come at that time. And some folks unfortunately came and stole the idea, hmm. started it, recruited people. And I lost money and investment because they had bigger names and they're part of the good old boys club. And I'm not, you know, I'm an alligator in Alaska. Look at me, <laughs> but I have Seekster. I built Seekster. I've helped a lot of people. And, you know, um, 
Seek's Cure is special and everyone knows it. I'm not here to win a popularity contest. You can love me. You can hate me. I don't care. I don't care what your religion is. I don't care what your color is. I don't care if you're from Texas or California or New York City. A patient is a patient. I look at everyone as, you know, universal. And, you know, I wish most people did as well. Yeah, this goes into actually sort of, I think you started touching upon it, but it's a great segue. What advice would you give to entrepreneurs looking to innovate in this healthcare technology space? I think certainly persistence. Uh, it's okay to poke the bear, stuff like that, right? I mean, what other advice can you, can you give to entrepreneurs? You know, um, I think every entrepreneur would give different advice because we always try to relate to our own journeys, right? Um, the number one advice I would give, though, is that you have to treat everything as day one. And I think a lot of entrepreneurs lose that. They start with that thought process, but once it gets to day 100, day 300, day 3000, at some point they let go and they give up. And you have to surround yourself with folks that are better than you. You have to surround yourself with folks that have failed. And I look for that. I don't look for people that have been successful, actually. I look for people that have made mistakes so that they can tell me what not to do. And still with that, David, I make mistakes every day. Yeah, that's awesome. Well, and I think last question, you're all over the place. I mean, I've been following you on LinkedIn and just see you all over the country, many countries, let's say. So what is your, what's your take strategy on networking? Yeah. So I feel most comfortable in uncomfortable situations and it takes, again, a certain kind of person, persona, DNA to get there, right? I moved to the United States when I was six and a half. I had to make friends. I didn't learn English till I was about nine and a half, 10. I'm 44 now. My mom always says I'm 10 years behind, a late boomer, <laughs> and I'm an underdog. And I, 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 I seriously do think that too. That was ingrained in me, right? And um, I just think it just takes a lot of time to get comfortable in your own skin. Some people can do it at age six and a half because they're forced like me. And some people right. it takes till they're 60. I have some friends that are 60 that are just getting comfortable with their own skin, yeah. right? And you can see it. But when you put yourself, when I go to Brussels, when I go to Switzerland, Zurich, when I go to London, when I go to Dubai, when I go to Istanbul for Christmas and celebrate Christmas there, instead of celebrating it in you know Houston or something, I'm doing that on purpose to put myself in certain cultures, in certain, you know, activities so that I can understand the world better. Right. And cause that helps me move the needle with what I do as well. Of course, there's business opportunities globally for Seekster. That's amazing. You can mix business with pleasure, but yeah, I, I do about 340,000 miles a year. San Diego's kind of home base. It's not at home anymore. Yeah. And well, that's kind of sad that, uh, but that underdog mentality, you know, I think that that really helps you. I think it helps everybody. Street fighter. Yeah, keeping you, you got to stay hungry, right? No, good. 
you got to be starving actually. So I think, you know, <laughs> I love we're going to Roberto's. Dude. Yeah, 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 yeah. You have to be starving. And then you go to Roberto's and then you go run up the hill in Torrey Pines to the golf course and back. And then you go to in and out and get a double, double. Yeah. You got it all <laughs> right here. That's what I do. Yeah. That's what I do for food. And you know, my family wants to kill me for it because they think I'm going to die of heart disease before the age of 50. But as you can tell, I'm an okay shake because I try to put in, you know, the work. Right. But yeah, you're right. I think, you know, a lot of people think there's some magic formula. It's freaking hard work, guys. Yeah. Yeah. What Absolutely. you're looking at is hard work. My entire family's worked hard. We worked hard to come to this amazing country. If we don't put 4,000% in every day, then what the hell are we doing here? And if you're grateful and privileged enough to have some wins early in life, like me, if you can't give back, and if you can't do something bigger than yourself, then you're wasting your life. I, I feel like every job I picked, this job picked me. I didn't pick it. And it is a little scary sometimes. Yeah. Great, great way to end. Uh, thank you, Artie. Artie Ariampour, if you haven't been connected to him or not, uh, please do so on LinkedIn. Check out uh, the Seekster website, S-E-Q-S-T-E-R.com. Thank you, Artie. Thank you so right, much, thanks, David man. and Bob. Great work. Let's go get a burrito. Thank you. <laughs> really right. appreciate it.